0: Whoa. Hello and welcome everybody to Political Analytical. God bless America. You know, this, was, this yes. is the first time that we use the National Anthem on the, this show. And I have to say it hits home every single time. Yes, I don't uh, I, I don't know what it is about the National Anthem that really, uh, you know, gets my heart pumping, but it, it really does. It's It's incredible. <laughs> Hello. Good evening, Mr. James.
1: Good evening, guys. How are you?
0: Hey, and look who else we have, gentlemen. We just had the incredible... Senior Gordon. Gordon Parks. Hey, Mr. Gordon Parks. How are you?
2: Good, gentlemen. How are you all tonight?
0: I'd like to welcome my co-host on here. We have Rick Warren, James Toops, and Gordon Park on, which is uh, one of those unusual events where we've got everybody on at the same time.
1: Yeah, it seems like lately it's been kind of hard to wrangle everybody together, but here we are.
0: That's uh, amazing.
1: You know, I I couldn't think of a better day to do this on but today.
0: Exactly. As everybody knows, we normally have the Paranormal Show on tonight. But being that it's the 20th anniversary of 9-11, I figured we'd go ahead and do the anniversary show tonight instead of having the political show on tomorrow. And we'll do everything tonight, including uh you know showing our or giving our respects to all those who have lost their lives on nine eleven twenty 20 years ago
3: yeah i agree james it's always good to see you upright from the waist anyway
1: <laughs> thank you uh, Rick, thank you ditto i mean
3: you I... and eddie both
1: absolutely um now, if, if, if real anybody's, quick, uh, you know, haven't seen the new release of Gordon's um, video that's been put out, uh, it's it's an adult film and it's, it you know, involves <laughs> guys, but it's okay. Hey, we support Gordon and Gordon all he does. And uh, I'm glad the surgery, the autodictomy went well to him. And uh, Gordon, I'm glad to see you back on the show, man. We were worried about <laughs> you. And obviously all the prayers and thoughts were well, uh, real quick. We
0: I want to let everybody know real fast in the chat, in the chat room. Uh, Political Analytical posted how the Star Spangled Banner came to be. And uh, so it's in there if y'all would like to read up on it and uh, put your little comments and whatever into the comment bar.
3: Absolutely. But,
0: but 20 years ago today, gentlemen, we had the Twin Towers fall. We also had the other airline which was taken over by passengers. Uh, well, passengers actually uh, bum-rushed the terrorists and took them down and they ended up crashing and lost their lives but they did a heroic thing they're all heroes and then you have the other one that crashed into the pentagon
1: you know what's what's scary and what's sad is you know i fly all the time and there's an app that i have on my phone for uh, united and um it tells you how fast you're going um you know normally you're traveling 560 some odd miles an hour you know 530 miles an hour Um, man if you hit a building at that speed you will not you won't even know you did it you know so these folks on these planes that hit the the world trade center they may have had some kind of uh, indication that they were going to hit something or crash but they didn't know at the time what was going on and um you know the only i guess comfort you can think about is you know these these folks went through it in an instant And uh, probably didn't feel a thing, probably didn't know a thing, you know. And, I mean, it doesn't make it any better, but um, at least they didn't suffer. It just went right through the building, and and that was it. You know, I mean, these things fly pretty fast, man.
0: Uh, All we um, can do is hope and pray. You think about it. It's just a crazy thing if you think about it. Yeah, all we can do is hope and pray that they didn't feel anything when that happened. Um, And if you all would do us a great big favor, if you all could reshare this video on your page, we'd appreciate it. And see how many people we can get on here to help honor 9/11. Um, I wanna, I'm gonna read to you guys something here uh, as soon as I pull it up, and it's the final conversation of a passenger, one of the heroes that uh, was on uh, the airline that went down after they took over the terrorist and. You know, basically, they forced it down. It was on United Airlines Flight 93. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to read to you the little synopsis. Well, it's not synopsis, it's the actual conversation, which was transcribed uh, so you can hear what was said and how brave this guy had to have been. His name was Todd. And it says, Hello, operator? Listen to me. I can't speak very loud. This is an emergency. I'm a passenger on United flight to San Francisco. We have a situation here. Our plane has been hijacked. Can you understand me? Lisa, which is the operator. She exhaling deep breath to herself. I understand. Can the hijackers see you talking on the phone? Todd, no. Lisa. Can you tell me how many hijackers are on the plane? Todd said, There are three that we know of. Lisa, can you see any weapons? What kind of weapons do they have? Todd said, Yes. They don't have guns. They have knives. They took over the plane with knives. Lisa, Do you mean like steak knives? Todd, No, these are razor knives, like box cutters. Lisa, Can you tell what country these people are from? Todd, Todd, no, I don't know. They sound like they're from the Middle East. Lisa. Have they said, any, said what they want? Todd. Someone announced from the cockpit that there was a bomb on board. He said he was the captain and to stay in our seats and stay quiet. He said that they were meeting these men, men's demands and returning to the airport. It was very broken English, and I'm telling you, it sounded fake. Lisa. Okay, sir, please give me your name. Todd. My name is Todd Beamer. Lisa. Okay, Todd. My name is Lisa. Do you know your flight number? If you can't remember, it's on your ticket. Todd. It's United Flight 93. Lisa. Now, Todd, can you try to tell me exactly what happened? Todd. Two of the hijackers were sitting in first class near the cockpit. The third one was sitting near the back of the coach section. The two up front got into the cockpit somehow. There was shouting. The third hijacker said he had a bomb. It looks like a bomb. He's got it tied to his waist with a red belt of some kind. Lisa, so the door is open in the co- uh, so the door in the cockpit is open? Todd, no, the hijacker shut it behind them. Lisa, has anyone been injured? Todd, yes. They killed one of the passengers sitting in first class. There's been a lot of shouting. We don't know if the pilots are dead or alive. A flight attendant told me that the pilot and co-pilot had been forced from the cockpit and may have been wounded. Lisa, where's the third hijacker now, Todd? Todd, he's near the back of the plane. They forced most of the passengers into first class. There are 14 of us in the back, five are flight attendants. He hasn't noticed that I slipped into this pantry to get the phone. The guy with the bomb ordered us to sit on the floor in the rear of the plane. Oh, Jesus, help. Lisa. Todd, are you okay? Tell me what's happening. Todd. Hello? We're, we're going down. I think we're going to crash. Wait a minute. No, we're leveling off. We're okay. I think we may be turning around. That's it. We changed directions. Do you hear me? We're flying east again. Lisa. Okay, Todd, what's going on with the other passengers? Todd, everyone is really scared. A few passengers with cell phones have made calls to relatives. A guy, Jeremy, was talking to his wife just before the hijacking started. She told him that the hijackers had crashed two planes into the World Trade Center. Lisa, is that true? Lisa, Todd, I have to tell you the truth. It's very bad. The World Trade Center is gone. Both of the towers have been destroyed. Todd, oh God, help us. Lisa, a third plane was taken over by terrorists. It crashed into the Pentagon in Washington, D.C. Our country is under attack, and I'm afraid that your plane may be part of their plan. Todd, oh dear God, dear God. Lisa, will you do something for me? Lisa, I'll try if I can, yes. Todd, I want you to call my wife and my kids for me and tell them what's happened. Promise me you'll call. Lisa, I promise, I'll call. Todd, our home number is 201-353-1073. You have the same name as my wife, Lisa. We've been married for 10 years. She's pregnant with our third child. Tell her that I love her, choking up. I'll always love her, clearing throat. We have two boys, David, he's three, and Andrew, he's one. Tell them while he's choking up tell them that their daddy loves them and that he's very proud of them clearing throat again our baby is due January 12th I saw an ultrasound it was great we still don't know if it's a boy or girl Lisa Lisa barely able to speak I'll tell them I promise Todd Todd I'm going back to the group if I can I will get back Lisa Todd leave this line open are you still there lisa dials the phone hello fbi my name is lisa jefferson i'm a telephone supervisor for gte i need to report a terrorist hijacking of united airlines flight 93. yes i'll hold can you believe you even hold on the flight for a <laughs> for a hijacking?
1: We'll put you on hold for something like that
0: yeah um and then uh goodwin which is with the fbi hello this is agent goodwin i understand you have a hijacking situation lisa yes sir i've been talking with a passenger a todd beamer on flight 93 who managed to get in an airphone unnoticed goodwin where did his this flight originate and what's its destination lisa the flight left newark new jersey at 8 a.m departing for san francisco the hijackers took over the plane shortly after takeoff and several minutes later, the plane ch- uh, changed course. It's now flying east. Good one. Miss Jefferson, I need to talk to someone aboard that plane. Can you get me through to the plane's phone? Lisa, I still have that line open, sir. I can pass you through on a conference call. Hold on. Todd, hello. Uh, Todd, hello, Lisa. Lisa, are you there? Lisa, yes, I'm here, Todd. I made a call to the FBI. Agent Goodwin is on the line and will be talking to you as well. Todd, the others all know that this isn't your normal hijacking. Jeremy called his wife again on his cell phone. She told him more about the World Trade Center and all. Goodwin, hello Todd, this is Agent Goodwin with the FBI. We've been monitoring your flight. Your plane is on a course for Washington, D.C. These terrorists sent two planes into the World Trade Center and one plane into the Pentagon. Our best guess is that they plan to fly your plane into either the White House or the United States Capitol uh, buildings. Todd, I understand. hold on i'll I'll be back. Lisa, Mr. Goodwin, how much time do they have before they get to Washington? Goodwin, not long, ma'am. They changed course over Cleveland. They're approaching Pittsburgh now. Washington may be twenty minutes away. Todd breathing a little heavier. The plane seems to be changing directions just a little. It's getting pretty rough up here. The plane is flying real erratic. We're not going to make it out of here. Listen to me. I want you to hear this. I have talked with others. We have decided we would not be pawns in these hijackers' suicidal plot. Lisa. Todd, what are you going to do? Todd. We've hatched a plan. Four of us are going to rush the hijacker with the bomb. After we take him out, we'll break into the cockpit A stewardess is getting some boiling water to throw on the hijacker at the controls. We'll get them and we'll take them out. Lisa, will you do one last thing for me? Lisa, yes. What is it? Todd, will you pray for me or pray with me? They pray, and they said the Lord's prayer, uh, and it goes on. And after the Lord uh, Lord's prayer, uh, it says, "I will fear no evil for." thou art with me and Todd in a softer voice God help me Jesus help me clears his throat and louder are you guys ready let's roll and that was the end of the conversation and not long after that not long after that the flight crashed into the ground but they ended up saving God knows how many people and that was a flight to, uh,
1: into Pennsylvania in the uh, field, right? Right. Yeah, That's the one that crashed in the field. Yeah. And, you know, for a guy to be on his phone that long, uh, they had to be below probably 2,000 feet for the towers, you know. So they had to be flying pretty low for a long time.
0: Well, it was an um, actual airline the, phone that, that, he, that he got. It was an airline phone it that he air had. was an airphone. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. that's
1: you know, courageous man for these these folks. stand up and sacrifice, you know I mean, they're, these guys are soldiers you know, basically. They really are Gordon
3: Park, comment There is no limit to the amount of bravery that was seen on that day from first responders firefighters police officers who charged into the, into the burning building to try to rescue as many people as they could to people, stockbrokers who went into the blaze, opening doors, trying to help people out into the hallways and into the stairways to start the extremely long descent down into safety. the enormity of that situation on that day the enormity of what it means 20 years later it it bothers me how many people not just people but people in the administration who were alive and who were in power at that time have also forgotten people who are supposed to have the best interests of the American people now at heart, and they've forgotten how many lives were sacrificed on flight 93. How many people lost their lives trying to save others. And it breaks my heart.
0: Rick Warren.
2: There was a line from a president that said, this day will live in infamy. And this day will will, and always will live in infamy. It is something that uh, has touched not only my family, but hundreds of others. We're a military family and a lot of military has been touched by this a lot of military has given their all for this and it's something we won't forget and actually if you want to know the truth it's something that I will never forgive
0: I bet you Rick James, Gordon and all of you out there within the reach of our voices I bet everyone out there can close their eyes and remember where they were at and what they were doing when they found out the World Trade Center, fell? Yes, I can.
3: I know exactly where I was.
0: It's one of those situations where you've got, it's something that's so bad you can't even fathom, but yet you've got so many heroes that showed up and gave their all to try and protect, defend, and give aid to all those who had fallen during those attacks. It was a day that the United States for the first time felt an impact on our own soil of that magnitude. Since Pearl Harbor. Since Pearl Harbor. Mm -hmm. It was a day that will forever rest heavy in our hearts. And the thing is, gentlemen, with so much bad that's taking place in this world, so many kids, you know, teenagers for that matter, who weren't alive or weren't old enough to even understand at the time that all this took place, how the United States of America came together to fight back with these terrorists they don't know and they don't understand the feeling of being an American <laughs> yeah, I equate that
3: to that day to being a kid being in school and getting sucker punched by another kid mm-hmm nobody understands the pain of that sucker punch other than the kid who got sucker punched in the people that are marching around antifa and blm most of these people were three four years old at the time yeah they never had to suffer through the black eye they never had to suffer through the loss They never had to suffer through what our country had to see. Why? Because they were too busy running around with shit in their diapers.
1: Yep. Pretty much. And And so they
3: don't understand why our generation, the four of us sitting around in our individual homes, take as much offense to what they're doing as we are.
1: And, you know, Gordon, on that, I'll tell you what's another kick in the dick right now is the fact that what have we seen today from the current administration in regards to 9-11? I haven't had my TV on, but I'll tell you what, I'll scroll through a lot of social media and I haven't seen anything from the administration in regards to today, period, at all. I have not know uh, if you guys seen anything, but I haven't seen a fucking thing come out of any of this fucking cocksucking administration that we have right now.
2: The only thing and I saw was J.W. Bush, and he was taking pot shots at, at Trump supporters, and he just couldn't help. His ego could not help but step there and slam any and everybody that was a Trump supporter and took away everything, anything and everything that had to do with 9-11. It was all you- about him.
1: I'm gonna tell you like this, today is the day of remembrance for 9-11, but today is the day that everybody should turn the key and the switch should be turned on where they should get pissed off at what's going the fuck on right now because I cannot tell you how pissed I am of all this shit that's going on. They're flying trained soldiers into our country right now that are not mandated some vaccine. They're not mandated, and I'm not even gonna do a fucking disclaimer. I couldn't give a shit less at this point. They're not mandating them to do anything, but these guys, these same cocksuckers, are coming in on the same visas that these fucking uh terrorists came in on and flew these planes into our buildings and into the ground and into our, you know, Pentagon. They're coming in on the same visas, right? So now we're getting flooded with all these fucking people. And I'm telling you, I, I couldn't be more pissed about this right now. And it's um, you know. I just I, somebody else talk cause i'm I'm just pissed.
3: Um, I'm gonna jump in here, and we're gonna continue this uh, pissed offness, if that's even a word. If not, I just created a new words. So. perfect word. thank you. so here's my my whole tangent on the whole pissed offness of today. Do I don't think y'all fathom how tired i am of hearing how there were no planes that hit the world trade center
1: oh my god conspiracy i
3: have never been more embarrassed in my entire life to know some of these people to completely discount the the sacrifice of the people especially the people on flight 93 oh well, they were paid actors they landed in Chicago and they are now whatever. under federal protection whatever and my question to them is are you fucking stupid have you always been fucking stupid or is this something new you're trying
1: smoking crack or what
3: this the, the acts of that day and the heroism of the people that rushed into that building they rushed towards danger not away from it they rush towards the screams and cries of people who needed help, not away from it. They rush towards hurting themselves, not away from it. And to have you bunch of fucking losers yep. run around touting about how, oh, well, it's not real. Why don't you guys all get together in a group, uh, find a place where you can meet, and go over the videos and then spend some quality time going and fucking yourselves.
1: Thank you. I was thinking the same thing.
0: <laughs> because it's oh, bullshit. Exactly. Not only that, but let's let's take into account the heroes that were after the fact. All the firefighters, police officers, working dogs that were out there trying to find these people in the rubble for, for days on end. There were so many people and and dogs that came down with sicknesses afterwards you know from walking around through all the soot all the ash all the smoke dogs Mm -hmm. that were working and and their handlers you know 15 16 18 hours straight dogs with their paws so raw and burned from the heat coming out of the ground that they were blistered and yet they continued doing their job they continued being out there they continued searching for people that were alive They were continued looking for people that or just bodies at the very least to try and get people home to their families for for closure. It was incredible the amount of manpower that went into this thing and how the United States of America came together and fought back and came out of all this, even after all the tragedy that happened that day. And not only that day, but there was tragedy, you know, going on for years after this with people who were there who were getting sick, who had died slow deaths, agonizing deaths. Uh, your your uh, canine dogs, your cadaver dogs, your, your rescue dogs all coming down with sickness and disease as well. Uh, there was one dog in particular that I remember and they wrote a book about him. He was a golden retriever and he was a really awesome rescue dog and he worked hours on end until he was coughing and coughing and coughing and he couldn't walk his handler at the end of the day ended up having to pick him up basically and carry him from where he was at and he was still along the way while the handler was carrying him still trying to use his nose to find that last soul that might be alive it was incredible the amount of people and and animals that came together from the United States in order to try and do something with this freaking tragedy that took place and people don't understand that this wouldn't have happened anywhere else but in America in the United States this is the only place this would happen where you would have that kind of togetherness from man and animals both to try and get a job done and try and help as many as possible
1: Eddie let me, let me paint a picture right quick, and, and I wanna carry on the theme of Gordon's uh, pissed offness. I right. uh, love the new word, Gordon, that's fantastic. Um, let me paint a picture for you. So last week I'm in an airport and I'm flying out to uh, Colorado, okay? Um, and literally, so I have clear, it's kind of like a TSA pre-check thing, so you skip the line, whatever. Um, I go to clear and I was literally escorted by TSA straight to the where you put your shoes and your 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 carry-on luggage and all your shit on this conveyor belt so they can scan it um i was literally escorted to that by a tsa agent with no trouble at all saying yeah honey you're good to go just go on in don't worry about nothing dude this is the first time since i've been traveling with my company that it has been that lax and it's been that just free and and no problems. Um, like I didn't even have to take my computer out of my bag this time. Um, I barely had to take my shoes off. You know, it was just, it was just, yeah, go ahead on in, go on in, you know, just walk through a metal detector. It wasn't even an, uh, like, it wasn't even a scanner, like a, a biometric scanner or anything. It was just a metal detector. Walk right through this thing. And I know I, you know, I don't fly first class. I'm, I'm, you know, I fly. I'm, yeah, I'm a silver member in the airport, but I'm not a gold member none of this shit. I don't fly first class. And it was just, yeah, come on in. No problems. And the guy behind me, same thing. No problems. Come on in. Barely had to take anything out of my pockets. I wasn't asked the security questions I was normally asked and, uh, walked right through and got my shit and just went about my business, Cut my flight and went to, went to Colorado. And dude, it's, it's why are we on on the eve of the twentieth anniversary of nine eleven? Why is TSA um, now starting to you know lessen their uh, security uh, requirements through the airport? It was it was kind of it, it it smelled like shit to me. It smelled shit. So I was like, what the hell is going on? That and, doesn't um, sound right at you all. Know, I, I have another trip coming up.
3: Just, I no. have an answer.
1: Yeah, let's have it. Come on, because I'm curious as hell.
3: Racial Equality. See, you're a white guy.
1: Macunas, cool yes.
3: But, you know, the other populations who think that they are all minorities instead of people, um, they have pitched enough of a fit about everything going on in the country. To where TSA now has the liberty for those who are like yourself. Wait, who pre board?
1: Wait, wait, wait. through the, the TSA lady was a black lady. Let's just put uh, that out I there. Know. I got gotcha. you. Okay.
3: I figured that when she called you honey.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was, dude. I mean, it was really cordial. Gordon, like that. you called James honey. Know
3: yeah but he's yeah, under but me when i do that
1: that's, that's <laughs> different you know i'm, I'm normally behind him and he looks back at me in my eyes and, anyway carry on carry on yeah.
3: so they're starting to let more and more of these few uh through the more of these through um if you've gotten the special permission they're assuming and they're <sighs> stating that you've already been vetted and checked so they're letting you pass now I can tell you those of you who know me well know that my son is a big avid baseball player and this summer he's flown um, several different places in the United States and next Friday he leaves to Arizona again his last trip was to uh, Arizona and when he went through TSA um they he's only 16 years old he's six foot two and he's about 200 pounds and they did everything but give him an oral exam through his rectum (laughs) damn and um for no other i mean just because of you know he said i want dad can you spend the extra money and have uh you know, so I can just go up through security just that fast, just like everybody else does. And I said, well, son, that's not something that I can spend money on. I wouldn't anyway, but that's just not something I can spend money on I said, you know, you just have to go through the process. And I said, well, what was I mean, was there a pattern or anything? And he says, well, it's like every fifth or sixth passenger. It was a brown person, a white person, and two black people about every fifth person coming out of San Antonio Oh damn Eddie I told you do not let him back on
0: <laughs> <laughs> well no, see you know I what it is Gordon time I've been kicked off this show Gordon you know what it is see the last time that he's left he took us with him and we caught him peeing during the show <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I don't you, think he wanted us to catch him and, of and kind tweezers. of put it out there this time.
3: You you caught a glimpse of his tweezers. That's how you knew he was peeing.
0: Well, <laughs> he kept looking for it, and that's what that's what kind of gave it away.
1: <laughs> I got to be careful not to cut it off with these. These are fingernail <laughs> clippers, so I got to use the other
0: side. No, I doubt <laughs> 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 So James, um, tell yeah, us real it quick. It seems
1: like every time I try to go pee, I get kicked off the show. So
0: James, tell us real quick. You received information from your employer mandating yes that you take the shot the the flu shot or not the flu shot the corona the covid shot. Yeah, what was that like? What so, did you feel when, when that happened?
1: So I got an email. Um, from the CEO and I find it funny because it was addressed just to me, my HR uh, lead, the head of HR and two other folks uh, not affiliated with my position. Um, and that's the only people that it got sent out to that I, that I know of like on a mass email, right? So um, my, C, my CEO, we've had conversation on, you know, vaccination and stuff like that and I told him I'm not about it, this and that. And he asked me what to do to help get him to get other people about it and I, I can't really do that too much because I don't believe in it so how do I push it and make other folks believe in it well less than um, 20 hours after Biden came out and did the vaccine mandate uh, which by the way is unconstitutional it's against the 14th amendment um, and it's not legal at this point and Texas is pushing back on it right now uh, less than 20 hours after that after he said that Um, I got that email saying that, hey, um, so, you know, here it is. You know, the the administration's put it out. So we're going to have to conform. We're going to have to do this. Either you get tested once a week or you take the vaccine, blah, blah, blah. Well, I didn't respond to that. Um, And he said, hey, reach out to me directly with comments. And I haven't texted him or talked to him yet. And I don't plan to because there's litigation already in process through um, uh, Governor Abbott. And they're fighting this thing and they're trying to, you know, and it is unlawful and it is illegal what what they're trying to do. But here's what, at the end of the day, it boils down to this. Any private employer is legal to mandate the vaccine or your job's in jeopardy, right? I don't think he wants to push it that far and say, hey, you either do this or this is going to happen. Because of the fact that it's hard to hire people right now with the the federal um, unemployment stuff going on, and uh, so it's hard to get people right now. So they don't want to push that too hard. But I'm going to tell you like this. If 25% of our workforce denies a vaccine and leaves their job, that's going to put a hurt on our company, a big one. Um, and I, they're not ready for that, uh, that risk. So I did get that email and I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm not doing it. I don't care. I'm not fucking doing it. You know, if I have to claim religious exemption or if, you know, I got to take a test weekly or whatever, they're going to pay for it. And they're going to pay my time off to take that test. Then that's on them. They're going to incur that cost. I am not doing it. I'm not going to go out there and say, yeah, I'm taking a freaking vaccine, you know, because my, you know, fuck that. I'm not doing it. And that's where I stand. So um here, I, don't know. Here, uh, I think other people need to do the same thing
3: Here's the thing Right after his mandate um, And I forget who it was But there was A Some statistics Put out James well I'm going to pause here for a second I've got to say hello to Sue Montague I haven't seen her in forever What's up Sue My friend From Australia.
0: And they've got Is it bad.
3: Mike? Well,
0: yeah, suing so them got it bad in I Australia right now, let me tell you.
3: Yeah, she does. But at any rate, the statistics said that if 25%, no, it was less than that, it was 18% of the employees refused to take the vaccine and told their companies to go piss up a rope and were fired as a result of it, that this country's production, regardless of what it is, whether it's my field, whether it's your field, whether it's Eddie's field, Rick, I don't think it affected retirees because y'all don't do much anyway, play golf. But anyway, it would pretty much go gamble. It would bring it would bring the economic structure in this company in this country to an absolute grinding halt.
0: Yeah, and see and everybody knows I would oh, take Gordon, I'm not taking wait, that wait, vaccine no matter don't what. You I know will that, not that Biden's
1: don't you know that Biden's trying to stimulate the economy though? There's an ec- economic stimulus plan going on. So Gordon, that don't make any sense at all, Gordon. How are we gonna Simulate the economy when twenty five percent of the fucking workforce is going to deny vaccine and quit their shit or go work at a place that has less than a hundred employees. How the fuck is Biden supposed to assim- see? None of this shit makes any sense. If you start looking at following the money, none of this stuff makes sense.
3: Well, I'm going to refer back to uh, Joe Biden's quote when he was questioned this, and his quote. I've got it right here on my phone. And it, it says that when the cow goes and gets married with the rabbit and they drive a Chevy truck down to the bayou, that the shrimp and the fish can all dance with the cow.
0: Now, wait a minute. You're talking the language sense. of James Toops. That's that's pure coon ass right there
3: well i think that the coonass would actually make sense and know what i'm talking about because he
0: that, here, check no. out. Um, i've
3: got the i've got the quote right here
1: uh i'm gonna go on a limb and say that no coonass that i know of in the history of all Cajuns and Kunasses and wannabes above i-10 could not make out that look we have a place called tanja bahoa or uh you know uh, with tulis it starts with a T, and we understand that. But that statement right there, no, we can't even put that fucking shit in a gumbo and and make it taste good. I don't know what the hell that even means. But i us say it like this: that guy is fucking totally fucked up, you know. And and it's not even him; it's it's who's pulling his strings, um, you know, that are uh, you know, calling the shots. What? And and this, yeah, what. Oh, supper's probably ready for Rick. Uh-oh. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, there. I'll be back, gentlemen. Uh-oh. he's in trouble. Oh shit! No, Somebody baby. choked up the toilet. It's
2: a baby? Oh shit! Baby.
1: Somebody choked the he's toilet. getting ready to that's choke better.
2: up the toilet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: yeah that's, what it, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no doubt. Hey, I mean, what's up, damn, me, man? How,
0: how are you? So, buddy? Uh, Darren Wedlock is on. He says, "Sorry, I missed most of this. I haven't been." well the last couple of days good to see you all darren how you feeling brother what's going on hope you're f- gonna uh, be feeling better sometime soon at least uh, maybe between uh, watching gordon and james it'll at least get a little bit of a laugh out of you
3: the only way yeah, he's man. gonna get totally laugh out of james is if james pulls his pants down and then everybody's gonna be laughing so it doesn't matter
1: well i'm used to that the only time gordon ever laughs is whenever he runs through the grass As tall it's like four inches tall and it tickles his nuts you know because they droop so far down that or when i grab his nipples from the back but anyway that's the story for a different night so you know gordon i love gordon to death man Y'all don't get us wrong man <laughs> i love fucking gordon <laughs> you know hey guys you know you know what crazy and the folks out there in the uh, in the text world and in our world uh, don't even know is i haven't met any of these fuckers in person. Not once. And uh, you know, it just I can't wait for that day, man. Go out and shoot some pool and talk some shit and get Jordan Gordon totally smashed on Zima or uh what's that new bullshit that came out, that white claw? Gordon's a lightweight, so I'll get him smashed on white claw and take advantage of his butthole and just you know, we'll have a great time, <laughs> man. I can't wait to meet these guys in person. This is gonna be amazing.
3: But <laughs> well, James, I hate to tell you this, but I don't drink.
0: Just, you know, we'll oh really? We'll
3: and he can testify to but, it i do not drink
0: really? he doesn't do we'll have to find of? other ways
3: uh, i uh, i take my frustration out in other ways
0: we'll have to pee in his coke or something
1: mas- masturbation is a big thing these days
0: yes well very, he doesn't do that anymore very. since the surgery <laughs> Well, yeah, now he's got to yeah, try see, the new now, tool see, out. See, now know?
3: y'all are going on a little bit on, a little on the <laughs> outside of
1: this. <laughs> he's he's got to try the new tool out, man. I don't, I don't blame him. It's like driving a new car, bro. You know, you don't yeah. smoke in it at first, but the next thing you know, you leave it smoking in the end.
0: No, you know, but he, he sure made. loves that garage. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Gordon. <laughs> hey,
3: James, if you do end up getting COVID, you should try the new vaccine. And the new vaccine oh, yeah. that that helps is when you uh, uh, pull your the car into the car. garage and close the garage uh, door and start the uh-huh. engine and breathe deep.
1: Does it work as good as that <laughs> penicillin you took for your vaccine or the antibiotics? Because aceto wiener fin brings your uh, your fever down too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh. The problem is you speak from personal experience and I know it because that's the only way I you mean. do this.
0: You know We have we have a tribute show going on for 911 and we're talking shit on her. <laughs> This is what we gotta deal with guys,
1: but know, yeah. hey here we are man this is how it is, and I wish all of America could be like the brotherhood we have right here, man be honest with you uh but it's not you know of course we got some bullshit going on up north and you know on to be specific on the on the uh, east coast of the region, but you know hey, here we are we're doing our best and we're doing our thing man and and we love all our folks in our chat rooms and all our folks that uh that that you know look at the show and we we appreciate everybody on this show and everybody you know affiliate with this show. You know we we couldn't ask for a better time, man. To be honest with
3: you. Yeah, and you know nice. I, I I love all the guys on this show. James, you're a great guy, uh, despite what I say and, and the, the the bullshit that I put you through. yes you know I got. I, a lot I
1: wouldn't of, have it any other way. I love it. Got
3: yeah. a lot of respect for all you guys, uh, but you know. There is one guy that I have more respect for than anybody else, and that's Eddie. You know, Eddie is, uh, Eddie is, a, is a police officer. Um, he goes out every day, and he wears the badge. He stands behind the badge, mm-hmm. and he carries a gun, and he walks that thin blue line. Yep. And uh, when he was working with me on these uh doing my traffic control for some stuff um the um uh, there was always a position for eddie in fact i would actually when i set my stuff up i requested him uh when i first ran into eddie uh about three years i remember that four
0: years ago i remember that night
3: That night, um, we were drilling on a a very, well, it wasn't a bad part of town, but it wasn't on someplace you would want to be caught. And um, we had open holes everywhere. We had uh, one pit that was like six and a half foot deep and eddie and i are talking and i'm watching my drillers do their thing and they're drilling along and all of a sudden eddie just stops dead cold in his conversation and disappears i'm like where the fuck did eddie go eddie saw Ed in the pitch black a guy wearing a dark pair of jeans and a dark hoodie who was walking around one of our trucks and getting ready to face plant into a six-foot hole. was drunk
0: off his ass. The ninja, that was the ninja. The ninja,
3: that's right, he was a ninja. And Eddie was able to get him away from the holes, get him off our jobs location, and Eddie never raised his voice once. And this guy being the ninja, he could have, you know, tried all kinds of kung fu shit on Eddie and, and, and hurt him. But he didn't. The in in the mass respect that I have for Eddie and all the police officers that are in America right now is immense. And I tell that story and I say these things because I look at uh, states like Oregon, they're in Portland, where sixty five percent of the police forces quit. Because they can't do anything. And I feel horrible for these citizens who don't have anybody when they pick up and call 911. They are put on hold for 15 minutes. Well, guess what? By that time, that somebody has already stabbed me and cut my heart out and showed it to me, and I'm dead. So at that point, you're not doing police work. You're doing recovery work
1: right hey um gordon i'm gonna give you a rundown right quick this is this is i know it's kind of dark but this is my neighborhood right now okay i'm outside in the front of my street right now okay this is the front of my house right here i got two blue lights in the front of my house right here we have blue lights on my neighbor's houses right here okay my neighborhood is lit up with pd like, this is a cop across the street, obviously, right? This is the front of my house, the front of my street right here. You you roll down my street, and you're gonna see these blue lights all over the place. This is the front of my house right now, okay? We have a mad respect for our PD down here. Like, we we take it serious, man. We don't fuck around. And uh, we love our guys in blue. We love our firefighters. You know, I'm, I'm a retired firefighter myself. And, uh, man, I tell you, we just got mad respect for these guys. Look,
0: this is the front of my house, dude. No shit. And uh, it's just the way we roll. We love it. You know, I appreciate it, guys. You know, everything that you say. And, you know, to us, we get up every day. And we do the job the best we can. You know, we don't look at ourselves as any different than anybody else. It's just, you know, we decided to take that step and and do – law enforcement and that's what our career has been. I've been doing it for well over 30 years but the thing that I look at is that every American especially in our bracket our age bracket is a hero because I don't know of anybody that wouldn't jump out and uh, do whatever it takes to stop a problem or to fix a problem uh, just like over here a- around the town that I live in, everybody here is super nice they're very uh good natured well natured even you know what's even funny is even the criminals are well natured <laughs> you know compared to some of the other places but
3: there's a reason for that yeah
0: <laughs> but you know the the thing is is that when you talk to these people it's just like you know, Elsa, she goes out and she's doing something, and, and these guys come up to help her, and, you know, a lot of them are older guys, you know, and they'll come up, they're very gentlemanly-like, and they'll help her out, help her pick up heavy things, and uh, you don't get that in a lot of places. But Americans, as a whole, have always been patriots, heroes, and that's why I grew up looking at them, you know, especially growing up as a military brat. Nowadays, you know you look at some of these young kids and you don't know where they're getting their shit from you know if it, it, I mean, they can't take decide time. if they're a boy a girl if they're going to eat meat without crying i mean they can't decide anything and yet they want to take over and run the united states i mean god i, don't, I mean it just it I, i'm just amazed it just freaks me out
3: well and eddie i want to
1: circle we're going
0: to have a double generation
3: yeah, I want to circle back, Eddie, to why everybody in your area is so good-natured. Uh, they know that in your area of the of the Texas, like a lot of Southern Texas communities, if they give you guys too much shit, there's always a fucking hole. That's true. we.
0: <laughs> you know, we've, you we've... know what?
3: It's easier for them to say, you know what? Hey, I screwed up black him up and i'm gonna be good humored about it i'm not gonna say anything because this motherfucker could very easily say nah i never found him and put me in a hole and i'll never be seen or heard from again
1: mm-hmm. alligator digests everything the shoes bone um, whatever
3: yeah that's because you again the coon ass in you
1: well you, ever, you got any you got any coon ass in you
3: do i personally do you want some as a matter of fact (laughs) you do do. well
1: you've been there you've already had some yeah that's right yeah
3: i have family from uh uh thibodeau
1: really yes nice okay so that's like 20 minutes away from my hometown yeah no doubt yeah so yeah
3: i i do have family that are are kunas and Good. uh they are some you of the toughest, of- toughest people oh yeah that i've yeah. ever met in my life
1: <laughs> resilient as fuck you do a lot of cooking or what
0: mm-hmm. yeah oh yeah gordon's mm-hmm. the chef
1: yeah oh yeah that's right yeah yeah no shit uh, i'm anything.
0: not going to
3: <laughs> i'm not going to say that i'm great but i can hold my own
1: no i've seen some of your creations dude that, yeah no you're you cool are you could you fucking coonass. ass <laughs> that's why we get along so good i can kick your ass
3: <laughs> yeah, d- dude nobody needs to know that you want to kiss my ass that's between me and you no, no. and you know off hey the, off the,
0: the funny Jake thing is CK. when the funny Jake thing is my CK. wife <laughs> was my wife would always ask me when i'd work with gordon hey when's gordon going to cook some more and send some food with you <laughs>
3: Well the problem with that was is that I would give it to Eddie and I'd say, Give some to uh, to your wife and let her let, you know, have her and then I'd talk to her three or four days later and then she'd get pissed off at Eddie because it never made it to his house.
0: <laughs> he hated <it>. sounds- <laughs> I tried. Sounds about right. <laughs> well, gentlemen, we're down to the five sounds minute mark. Right. Uh we're gonna go ahead and do some closing statements. This hour just rushed by. But uh, yeah, I, I want to thank you guys for being on the show. Gordon, we'll start off with you, buddy.
3: Hey, you know what? I, I'm going to defer. I want to let James go first, and then I'll go after James.
0: Okay. James, you're up. Okay, that's fine. Look, look I'll
1: say today is the day of uh, remembrance. It is 9-11, the 20th anniversary. I'm glad nothing happened today as far as terrorist acts. Um, but do not forget what we have in the White House right now. And their stance on what's going on uh, today is the fact that they haven't put anything out or mentioned anything or done anything is to divert your attention away from it, what's going on in Afghanistan right now. Um, keep your eyes to the white house because there's a shit show going on right now. We have got to get this administration out of here some kind of way and talking about, it, it's not going to do anything. We got to start making, um, if, if you got liberals in your, in your frigging company, fire them, run them off. a reason, get rid of them. You know, calling your senator at this point and shit like that is not gonna help anything. Uh, calling your governor, it's not gonna help. Oh, well, I called my governor. It's not gonna work, it's not gonna help anything. Start doing what the hell they do to us. Take a playbook, take a page out of the playbook of the liberals and of the freaking Democrats and start doing the shit back to them. That's the only way we're gonna get this stuff back. Uh, the primaries in 22, uh, we need to win the primaries in 22. Uh, Newsom's fixing to get recalled. Um, there's a lot of things going on political wise that we need to start paying attention to and start looking at and start taking playbooks out of the left. Um, you know, our guys and our, our brothers that had fallen on nine 20 years ago. Um, God bless those guys and all of our veterans and heroes and, and, uh, first responders, EMS firefighters, police officers, uh, pilots of these airplanes that went through all this, all this stuff and all the passengers and everything. God bless all these folks. but. Uh, It is time to take our country back, and we have to start acting, not talking. we got to start doing shit. And, um, you know, just keep your eyes to the White House and and find out what's going on. Keep up on this stuff. Quit calling senators and start acting on things. That's about what i got. I'm too pissed to to even keep going, man. I could go for another 45 minutes on
0: it. I got you, James.
3: Gordon? Well, I'm going to start off tonight by saying... (laughs) 9-11 was a it was obviously an extremely uh, sad day for all true Americans but I want everybody I want to encourage everybody to remember not just then but what's going on now we are being pushed and pushed and pushed to the point to where pretty quick here there's not going to be a way out, there's not going to be a return point. There is not going to be a way for us to be able to say, You know what, just not going to do this. We have got to start forming groups together of people who think alike, who believe alike, and prepare for what is to come. Because if we do not, then we are going to be nothing more than just byproducts of the system. We're going to be casualties of a war that we didn't even know was going on. And for those people who see conspiracy in everything, I simply want to encourage you to take a step back look at what is really going on and think about what I'm going to say next. Is it possible that these stories are going around about Nassara, about Donald Trump coming back, about all these other political moves that are happening behind the scenes, people being arrested and taken to gitmo and shot and killed all these politicians that have been are corrupt is it possible that these things are being perpetrated and being led by people who want you to keep looking away from what is really going on giving someone a false sense of hope about something that could or might happen is just, if not more dangerous, than letting everyone see exactly what is going on. That's my thought for the night.
0: I agree, Gordon, and I agree, James. I want to thank everybody for showing up tonight. Uh, I know this was a little odd having the show on a Saturday, but we decided that's what we were going to do because it is the 20th anniversary of 9-11, and we want to pay a tribute to all the men and women, all the patriots, all the heroes, and everyone that perished on that tragic day. But one thing I want to say is, like Gordon, don't turn your back on what's going on around you. You've got to have eyes in the back of your head. Pay attention to everything that's taking place because there's other stuff that's going on that we're not really watching and it's going to blindside us if we're not careful try and make sure that you get your states to fight against all these mandates and all these uh rights that they're trying to take away from from the united states citizens i mean this is all bullshit okay thank god that we live in texas gentlemen because if we didn't we'd be singing a different story. I feel bad for a lot of people that don't live in Texas that are having to put up with a lot of these democratic governments within their state, as well as Darren, who lives uh, in New Zealand, and they're having hell over there, and also Sue Montague, who lives in Australia, which they've been under lockdown so darn long. They're not going to know what it's like to step outside it for any length of time. This is all bullshit and tyranny that's taking place. This is stuff that we need to fight against. We need to take a stand on and make sure that we keep, the America that we grew up in. And this message is for the Biden administration. Get our Americans back, along with our allies. We're tired of this bullshit and all this mumbo-jumbo crap that you're talking on television. You ain't worth a damn, and we're tired of it. Everybody here is sick and tired of all the bullshit that's going on, and we're tired of our Americans and our allies getting shit on by your administration. We're sick of it. Everybody, remember, we love you. Thank you so much for joining us. God bless Texas. God bless the United States of America. And God bless all of you. Thank you. Until next week. Good night, everybody. Good night, guys. See y'all.